This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 53, recorded May 18th, 2011. Confessions of Cyberholics. Welcome to Prayer Room Companion. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and as promised, or well, warned, uh, Father Andrew is out. Uh, unavailable this week, so I have my dutiful co- guest co-hosts, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hi, Chris. And Kevin Miles. Hello there. Hi, Kevin. It was nice of you to warn everybody I, I that know. we were coming. I, I gave him a heads up for this episode, so we'll we'll see um, if it's... Uh, they well, knew yeah, they we'll could see. tune out they this could, week. <laughs> they could have to download this episode. We'll just skip episode 53 or 4, whichever one we're on here. Um, so what I thought we'd talk about, and actually this is Kevin's idea, um, Several weeks ago, finally I, have a guy, I finally have an idea. <laughs> Kevin's good or bad, we'll find out by the end of the podcast, <laughs> the episode. Um, a few weeks ago, I sent Kevin and Renee uh, an article that I came across, um, actually from the, the Guardian, uh, a newspaper in um, London. Um, but it's written by their New York City correspondent, Paul Harris. The title is, uh, this is from January, um, Social Networking Under Fresh Attack as tide of, tide of cyber skepticism sweeps the U.S. Now, right now, it's just too long of a title for Americans. But yeah, anyway. yeah, I was, I was just going <laughs> to say Especially after reading these articles. So again, once more, social networking under fresh attack as tide of cyber skepticism sweeps U.S. So, uh, and then the, the subtitle, uh, Twitter and Facebook don't connect people. They isolate them from reality, say, a rising number of academics. So I sent this to you guys um, because it's just something that's been on my mind later. We'll talk about another article in a minute um, that I had also I read last year and forwarded to you guys um, more recently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday, late uh, right afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday. Um, uh, but, but both talking about how... Social networking in one hand, and then this other article talks just about the internet in general um, and the impact that it has on the way we think and the way we interact. And maybe we'll focus this first article is more on how we interact. Mm-hmm. And, and you both are parent, uh, parents of teens, um, uh, high schoolers and young adults. Uh, and so I'm really curious to hear your take, maybe beginning with this, 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 this shorter article, the one in social networking. Um, just any, any thoughts from maybe when you read it a few weeks ago or, or more recently? Um, for me personally, I've noticed um, a change in communication and, or how communication occurs. I think with our kids are very much into texting and social networking and um, it's very easy to communicate for them using that format. I think they're using that format it allows them to say things that they normally wouldn't be brave enough to say uh, having a face-to-face conversation I think. In a good way or a bad way or both? Actually in both. Both. Um, In my experience um, and this is probably Okay, this is confession of a <laughs> mother of a teenager, maybe. But I know that there have been times at my house when we have been working through issues in our home where we, we are owners of, I'm not telling you how many computers are in our house, but more than one. And there have been times where, and the computers are set side by side. Um, well, well, I'll have one child next to me on a computer, and I'll be on the other computer, and we'll, we'll be texting things communicating back and forth to each other 
issues that we need to talk about, but that my child isn't willing to do a face-to-face conversation right. with. And I think I'm hoping I'm not the only parent out there that experiences that. Um, and I think that's sad. I think that's sad that it, that um, our children are more comfortable in that form of communication than they are face-to-face. And again, that could be just a, a symptom of the relationship that I have um, with my teenagers. Right. But, you know, it's, it's one of those things where when it's occurring, you're sitting there going, wow. Hmm. I, I, I think there is definitely, our communication has gotten shorter and quicker. Correct. And we get to the point faster. And I noticed, you know, I've always been a person that, you know, with family and everything like that, that we are to the point right away, believe it or not. (laughs) 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 Believe it or not. I mean, we don't want to be bothered. I mean, if it comes to, well, how are you doing that? Okay, do it. Get it done. You know. And, uh, but I I do notice uh, that I think there's that separation is dangerous that I've seen with the kids. And. Separate, what do you mean? What separation? There is a separation th- that it's easier to do it text messaging, or and there's a miscommunication that can happen, and so then there's then there's also blaming that social media. Well, I didn't get the text, or I didn't, mm. you know. And I think we sometimes, you know, this we were just talking about this was last week. Shannon and I, my wife Shannon and I, were talking about we need to get together on Sunday nights and bring everybody's social media together. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all their smartphones, all oh. their work schedules everything together and talk things out what's happening this week because I think with this generation with the movement with the communication everything's sped up and we're losing we're losing a little bit of that con- control of our lives when it was a little bit slower and the communication happened a little bit fuller and I do believe there was more communication don't you think we need to be more mindful I think you know when I think about um, my family and with with technology there's an emotional disconnect. Everything can be done quick, short, to the point. You don't necessarily take the time or the opportunities to, to talk about the whys right. and, the, and the logic and the feeling and the emotion that goes with it. It's just like, can I go to this party? No. Can, you know, can I stay out late? No. You know, can I? And I don't always say no. But, you know, it's, it's those kind of things where when you have those face-to-face conversations... There's more discussion that goes on. You can ask deeper questions, you know, get a little bit more information. But I think our children are so used to um, everything's on demand. Everything happens so quickly that that's their comfort level and how they want to communicate. Okay, just to devil's advocate for a minute, though. I, I, I text with both of you. Yeah, I mean, this is not just teenagers that we're talking about here. I mean, I'm I'm addicted to it. So, so I mean, I, I'm, I'm addicted. So, to why us, do as my phone vibrates? The two of you, <laughs> and he said, "You look at it to <laughs> see who it, it is." I mean, I we're gonna pause this podcast now. So Kevin's Kevin gotta check, can his, check his, his text. text. Well, I swear that even BlackBerry has has. Right, deepened it's my addiction. It's not just teenagers, right? No, it's, I, right. No, it's, I mean, where you have where your emails are being pushed my, to you, yeah, to it's your just phone. what came through on my right. phone. I'm just so so. Why do but not to be fair to the teenagers? Why do we as adults? Again, I have to get the obligatory. Some older than others uh, <laughs> in here. At um, least one that's a slam every to our podcast. Age again. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, why do adults 
Why do we text? If, if we if we see in our wisdom and how it is with our kids, then why why don't we call each other when yeah. we? Well, I t- but I'm like for me communicating with my wife and communicating with the family, it's very easy to say, who's picking you up? Who you know? It's to get milk. Right. Um, you know, those kinds of things are very easy to do. I don't believe. And to come to the defense of social media, I don't believe that real quality conversations have been hampered yet. I mean, I, the articles that you shared with me are suggesting that maybe we are hampering those quality th- things in our lives and our brains are even changing, you know. Right. But, and, and I believe so. But I think they're, um, not everybody reads War and Peace. As one of the one of the articles, I I, so I can't even read War and Peace again. I said I haven't read it the first time. <laughs> so I mean, but maybe I'm letting too much out. <laughs> but but it was, is not everybody is built the same way. And so I do see, and I I do see us communicating in shorter spurts. But there are pros to the social media. Um, and I agree with you that there are pros to the social media, but I think that for me these articles were, and remember I'm the mother who can only communicate with her kids via text, but I think it was a reminder for me that as a society we need to be mindful of where we're at and what our children are being taught in the schools and how we're responding to that. We, we have, as adults have been sucked right into the social media Phenomena. I mean, we right. want the latest phone. We want the latest apps. You know, everything's quick on demand in sound bites. This is what our children um, from age zero on up, this is what they're being exposed to. Right. They don't know any different. So I think yeah. we need to be conscientious about. There are cons. I mean. The, oh, yeah, there are definitely cons. But but at the same time, I want to take homage to one thing that, she, that Renee said. Umbridge. Is umbridge. umbridge. Umbridge is when you. Yeah, that's, I don't want homage to Umbridge. <laughs> See, that's lack of social media right there. Right. I, didn't, I couldn't that's Google it. <laughs> I just couldn't, I couldn't Google it. His thumbs don't work that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to Google that. But, anyway, but I don't think. I think there's something to be said about wanting the latest and the greatest. I think society has moved us to have to have the latest and the greatest have because to. you have, have to, to have it. Okay, do you? Is with today's media, my phone wouldn't work when I first bought my cell phone. Wouldn't work in today's system in 3G networks. I'm gonna have to. I have to upgrade to media packages because they're changing the phones to media package phones. So I have to buy. You mean the, data package. Data package. Right. Yeah, I have to upgrade my data package because my phone doesn't work with the plan that I'm on now. So I have to change phones. You could. They're gonna still. Okay, hold on to that. They're I mean, still dumb. You I'm not playing with my same phone. old Atari. I've had to improve and right. build up on that. Right. I can't play a PS3 from the PS. <clears throat> The PS PlayStation. Well, they quit making the games. They quit making the thing. They quit making the programs. De- the, Play the, the same programs. games you already did. Why do you need new games? Maybe you're right. <laughs> I, was, I was following your lead there. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but I'm, I, okay, so I guess if I want to be an aesthetic. <laughs> I wanna, I, but there, so. that's, those are two different things. I mean, there's social media use and our th- obsession with new. I mean, yeah. I do think those are distinct Pathologies, <laughs> or potential pathologies. Um, you know, cars are the same way. I mean, um, Henry Ford did 
he you made he made the Model T, and you don't yeah. need. New, but I think the the guy who founded GM was the guy who came up with the idea of introducing new models every year. So well, and, and that so that's been around for yeah. decades. Yeah. Well, the yeah. other thing that is is interesting in these articles that you've that you've shared with us um, is that it says in the articles that when writing was developed, there was gnashing of the teeth because right. of the writing Play-Doh, and how our yeah. our thinking would that's, change. That's, that's, right. And then when they invented. The printing press. Yep. There was argument that we wouldn't be. Right. That would ma- it would. So there are always down. luddites who are arguing against the latest. And I, and I don't think these argu- arguments are. They're not luddite arguments. Um, and we'll get to the other article. But with the go- going back again for a minute to the the texting and social media, you were you were in the process of, of making a point though that I wanted to give give you a chance to. <laughs> I, I forgot. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> what do you think? His I mean, point about was, which I don't know. About which social, you know. One thing I, with you with our chill, with communicating today, I think we, I think there's a um, a veil that's been created, and I noticed it with Facebook. You know, I gave up Facebook for Lent, right. and one of the first postings I made on uh, when Osama bin Laden was killed, I put the Vatican statement on yeah. Osama bin Laden. I lost friends because of that statement. Really, I oh. I got chewed out by family members because of that statement. And it was a purely honest statement. But I think with the veil of social media, people are more willing to express what they feel and impulse they feel right now. Now, my family member, I, we've had major debates over it, and she, she's now come to understand, you know, you are right. You know, finally, little brother's right. And, and uh, she can't argue with the statement anymore because it was so instantaneous, she didn't have time to process it all to really think about the statement, and she responded right away. But I, but I, and I think that's one of the yeah. negatives of. If you're um, face to face, that's what I'm trying to. That's what I'm right. expressing. Right now, maybe to be fair, I mean, I mean, family members. Sometimes when we are face to face. We still have the oh, yeah. instantaneous. Well, in my family, we do. <laughs> but, but you said you lost friends. It's unfortunate oh, yeah. that you didn't okay. have the now, opportunity. And I want to go back to, to that. It. No, you what? didn't. They weren't friends in the first place, right? They, I lost <laughs> friends. Okay, well, you lost it, people on Facebook. No longer call you their Facebook friend. friend. I but, think, I, but we talked. I, mean, I mean, our language no. is. I know it's crazy. You were a victim friends. <laughs> well, I, in fact, I want to know who they were just because if I know them every day, maybe it was you, Chris, that just dropped no, me as a I, friend. I <laughs> <laughs> That's not a great. It wasn't me, Kevin. No, so, but you know, I thought it was funny that all of a sudden my my. <laughs> well, how else do I what, say it? I know. Friendless. We're trapped. My non-friend, or my uh, when they unfriended me, I kind of was going, well, who was it? I can't, I couldn't so do you really out. watch your number? No. How did well, you know that you were unfriended? The only reason I knew is because I was at the perfect number, 777, 777 friends is what my number was. So I noticed that, and then it dropped to 775. 774. But oh, now, wow. so I'm going, hmm, I'm losing friends. But there, you know, so I'm going, well, how did I do, you know, what did I, you know, it was just, it coincided with my statement and quite a few right. uh, challenges on, on that statement. So I figured, okay, why was it then? But there was that veil, you know, are they mad? And if you're mad, why not stay in the conversation or pick up the phone and call me? Or, or why, how can you look at a statement of truth? And and be so mad that you'd unfriend, right? You know, or or was it even that? And there's the mystery of the social media too. Maybe it was just people like so me gave right. up the 
gave up the social right, media. Right, right. <laughs> so, well, and, so. and you know, I, I think in, in this, so going back with the whole texting thing too, it, it's not that there aren't pros. It's our. So you said, for instance, in at least in your family or among your. I don't, real friends? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What are they? <laughs> um, Cyber friends or... The, yeah, the, yeah. The, you have good conversations. Uh, but I, I think that's the key. I think you can do both. But I, what the danger is, if, if especially young people, teenagers, young adults, becomes the norm, if the normative form of communication for them is digital. Exactly. Yeah. And they're unable. I mean, how, job interviews, relating with people. I mean... That, that's to me where the danger is, if, and, if that's your I, dominant primary form of communication. I, and see, and as a parent, and I know that um, face-to-face conversations, I'm a talker, if you haven't yeah. realized that well, by yeah, now. That's why he's got it on this <clears throat> yeah. real companion. Um, so <laughs> I, en- I enjoy the face-to-face dialogue, but then you have um, children who are not challenged, or kids or teenagers or whatever, but if the, the face-to-face conversations in the dialogue that only happens because through training and habit and information. I mean, you, you are not a communicator. You're not born a commu- I mean, you're born to communicate, but you don't get good at it yeah. until you've, you know, practiced, you've practiced it. But, I, you know, and you hope that you're, you're – I don't know if social media is completely destroying that in people. I think some people are naturally tended to be, you know, focused on – are very private and can be swallowed up in it, you know. Um, you know, I got some outgoing kids, so I mean, that's I I haven't seen that with my children. The one thing that I've seen that media has done to my ki- children is screwed up their handwriting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody writes anymore. And spelling, and they s- cannot oh, spell. Well, I can't spell to save my life, and then it doesn't help that you know. Auto. That mm-hmm. it, then you don't even use the real language. Right. I mean, you 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 breathe. Oh yeah, right, right, So. Right. So and and but I, I find that as a, as a quandary too, but um, I don't, I, you know, to to say is it is it destroying our youth? Is it destroying you know? Is it uh, hampering us? I don't. Destroying and hampering are two very different things. Well, I, mean, well, I, mean, I mean, there's there's some people. I think that we say just need to be. I just think we need to be mindful. Um, as educators and as parents and as communicators that as as this next generation or next several generations come up, where they've been and, and what form of communication that they have been fed. And I think we need to be more mindful about teaching them to be face-to-face communicators. I think we have to, there has to be a, you know, we're so, technology is so great and we pull technology into, into our classrooms and get kids on the computer as possibly, you know, as soon as we possibly can. And that's all great because I think they need to learn how to use the technology, but I think we have to be mindful about it. Well, and this jumps to the second article. Did you want to? So, yes. Well, I, yeah, I, I'll pass because we should move on to the second article. Well, I'm going to make it a comment. Do they need to know when they're seven? No, my kids, my kids... I mean, my kids know how to use a mouse, except, well, not the two-year-old, but the <laughs> almost seven-year-old and the five-year-olds know how to use a mouse mm-hmm. and how to use a computer. Do they need to now, though? I mean... To know how to use a mouse? How to use a computer. Do they need to know now when they're in early elementary school? I would argue no. Right. Okay. That's all. 
I don't know if the I, I doubt the mouse will even be around by the time they get older too. Gender. So I mean, I mean, I mean, I think the reality is, is that you know, like I stated, I think there is a hampering that happens. I think there is a hand to head kind of thing. I think the the handwriting and everything like that has to happen. Is in as much as right you know, piano lessons and everything. I mean, I think that's. I think there's something about that that does change the way. And we there work. have been studies that have been done where I mean, even they, they've compared note taking with a computer, you know, because with laptops, you can just sit in your college classroom and to, as opposed to writing and writing apparently, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those people. I hate writing. My, I just, I, it's hard for me to do it because I'm very impatient and I don't want to go slow enough to write or print. I usually print and I'm, it's very illegible. I, I'm the first I've, to admit. I've read it. Yeah, no, I've tried. <laughs> I've tried. Um, <laughs> so. but, the, but the studies indicate there is something about physically putting pen or pencil to paper where it does reinforce it in our mind yep. and that's the other thing i was going to say so so the, the this is a, a, a at least catholic podcast in some ways the the fact of the incarnation that we are we are incarnate we're body soul creatures right so in, yes i mean we've been writing letters to people forever i mean it's the idea of communicating via written communication is not new it's not bad um, but but when it hampers again going back our, not just our ability, but the degree to which I think we relate. I mean, there are visual cues, there are emotional cues, body language, exactly. all of which is is lost, is reduced with digital communication. Exactly. You know, I mean, how many times have we, I mean, I've, one time, I think, since I've started working here almost nine years ago, where I've really gotten upset with somebody, and it was Kevin, <laughs> and it was because I misunderstood an email. Yeah. And you came to my office not too long ago about something that I oh, sent yeah. to you via right. and email. That was digital. You're right. And it was it's, digital, and he did, and Chris yep. didn't understand. Yep. We don't exactly. fight or anything. The but. intention. What the, I mean, <clears throat> right. and it really was the intention. It, like yeah. when you were so mad, yeah. it was over donuts. I so think, it happened. I think like it was. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my gosh. Something, don't give them to Chris <laughs> or something or like that. Yeah. We were playing poker and. The loser had to bring donuts, and it was some joke about the donuts wouldn't get yeah. past somebody's desk or something, yeah, like, something that. like that. And so I, I made I some misconstrued kind of, it, and he all of a sudden I was attacked by. I mean, he was shaking, but it was all was over. Upset. It was all over, and I think we do a lot of that in today's in in today's media too. Is we cut short and we read into a lot more things. Exactly. Not. And in fact, I remember I, I sent a text message to a friend. He says, and I forgot to put a period into it. And she said, basically, it was something or other. It says, are you and, you and Shannon having problems? Because it inferred that Shannon, I mean, without, I forget exactly how it was phrased, but it inferred without that Shannon punctuation. and I. Without punctuation. Without punctuation, it was that we were having issues. I said, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, you know, but it's, so it was, it was kind of funny, but it was one of those reality checks that you step back. You know, you're being angry. Yep. Again, read into that. I think that reinforces the concept that we need to be mindful about communication and communicating yep. with one another yeah. and and yep. and the use of technology. So the other article then is by a technology journalist named Nicholas Carr, who's uh, written a number of books. Here. Um, uh, the Big Switch, where he argued that computing is moving towards cloud computing and some really fascinating books he's written. Um, in 2008, though, he wrote an article for The Atlantic uh, Monthly, uh, a magazine that comes out monthly. Uh, called "Is Google Making Us Stupid?" Subtitle: What the internet well, is doing to our Just by that brains. introduction, I, I got to say, <laughs> just. So I, I had heard about this article a couple years ago, and then last year, Carr came out with a book, sort of based on this article. The book's called "The Shallows: What the Internet Is Doing to Our Brains." 
Um, and what he argues in the article and then in the book is that the, the way, and this is not so much about communication anymore, it's more about how we process information mm-hmm. uh, and how we look at the world. And he argues that, uh, but demonstrates in my opinion, that, by, that we, digital reading or, or taking information digitally through a computer and through the link culture where you can click on links online uh, has, has had a real impact on the physiology of our brains. He talks in this book, I don't know if he does in the article or not, about neuroplasticity. He does. Okay, so where literally some neurons are strengthened, some synapses are strengthened, other connections are weakened based on how we take in information online as opposed to a newspaper, book, magazine, whatever, print media. Um, and, and, and So that's happening, and he argues then, that that's true. The conclusion he argues is it's bad. His point is our ability to think deeply, sustained, and therefore creatively, because he, he shows how create, creative thinking comes from deep thinking, mm-hmm. um, how that is being hampered by taking information digitally. And, and just for me, I can definitely tell that um, my, my ability to read something that, that challenges me um, in terms of its, the depth of its reading, some philosophy or theology that, that is a, maybe a little bit above my level, uh, my ability to read stuff like that at a sustained like, half an hour or an hour in the last 15 years since I've become addicted to the internet, not literally, but since I've started right. using the internet, I've seen definitely a change. I mean, I need to take breaks much sooner now than I did 15 okay. years ago. Well, I can I can understand that. I can hear where you're coming from. But how is it how is it not parenthood too? How can you not blame? You just had children. Yeah, this was before I had kids, though. For me, it was before I had kids. But now you're you're far more. Sleep is interrupted. I mean, the same kind of thing. I say, I don't know if base... It's just like I was saying earlier. I never read War and Peace. I mean, some people are geared certain ways, but I don't know if you can... You've never had children. So, you know, you've had children. I mean, think how fast this has been introduced to us. I mean, when I started working for the Catholic Diocese, one, we didn't have radio. We weren't podcasting. We didn't. We had one computer in the building. Right. And yeah, but that to, was a long time ago. It long wasn't. time ago. <laughs> that wasn't that long ago. <laughs> I mean, if you think about the explosion of technology and what it's done, I don't think we could sit there and say the physiology physiology of the brain has changed that much. Or I, I oh, think it has. That, that's oh, that's I, undeniable. I think it has. That's definitely. There have been studies that have been done. That's not in question. It's how you. Therefore, okay. Is this good or bad? That's, that's Well, yeah, okay. We are on information overload, and um, we, have, we have data coming at us so yeah. quickly, information, anything that we need to know. I, you know, my son asked me the other day um, a question, and my first response to it was, Google it. Yep. And how, that's pathetic. I, but at the same time... Um, I have my kids talk to me about issues in Libya or issues in Israel. It's not saying it's all bad. And and it can go deeper. But I think there has to be the opportunity to go deeper. You have to be mindful. Well, you have to be be aware of it, I think. And I think think part of the Google is that you can then go deeper into a topic and have good discussion. Now, I think just like in everything, there needs to be that, that... heartfelt dis, um, discourse happening 
with our young people and with ourselves. But but I would argue that that discourse doesn't just happen. It, it doesn't. It's impeded by both the social media on the one hand. How can you have a real conversation when in the middle of conversation, you're, the per, you or the other person or both of you pause the conversation to check their texts? Zing! <laughs> <laughs> I do that too. No, yeah. it's not just it's, yeah. well, no, just it's, as much and, me. Yeah. And I know, oh God, it's terrible. It's terrible because you know, as I'm sitting here, I know my phone is vibrating three <laughs> times. <laughs> 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 I'm just, but at the same, you know, but there is an ability. There's an ability for me to not check it and to carry on the conversation and to get deeper. But but what's become the no, what's become our default to check it? We, you, you've had to consciously choose yeah. to not pull out your phone. I, I, I wish I could more consciously choose not to check a text when it comes in. When and let's apply that to a broader, a broader scale. Okay, I think one of the things that technology does is it we forget how to discern, we forget how to contemplate. When when we're given something that we don't understand or a passage that we don't understand, we no longer sit and think about it. Mm-hmm. We Google it. Google it. And yeah. and nine times out of the ten, when you Google it, it takes you to something else, and then which takes you to yeah. something else, which takes you to something else, and the original thing that you were, tr- were yep. looking for is lost. I do it all the time. I yeah I, I can see where that I can see where that's happening, but I, I still say that there's there's opportunity that you can that I have found has opened me up to my kids, you know, being able to talk more about world events, world things that are happening. Um, my daughter who's big into Tom's shoes and what does Tom's shoes do? You know, they said they buy one shoe and help somebody in a third world country. I said, well, how, how is that happening? You know, and, and there's further richer discussions that can happen with that. Well, no, because of the internet? <laughs> Well, but like in one of the article states, you know, there's the giving online. You know, we can just give and forget about it. Yeah. Or just text yeah. one, two, whatever, right. and give $10 right. or $5. And, and the other. I think there has to be a way of applying that to a worldview. And I think that can happen because of the internet, but because the, of texting. But the danger that media. happens with the access to the internet is an issue will come up and. Unless you are very purposeful about having discussions with another person, a trusted adult or whatever, they are reading the opinions of anybody right. on the street I, about some issues. So I, you know, I, it, it goes back to I, that face-to-face right. communication is... But what is also, to me, is what's important is to, to decipher and to talk with my people about whose 64 characters are important or 65 characters are important. You know, just because somebody's putting it on Twitter, does that make it important? And 140. Okay. Is it 140 characters? Is it just my text message and that's 65 I characters? <laughs> I can't. Oh, this is so <laughs> I sad. I know that. This I know that. Yeah, you, you know, know it. That. I, mean, I don't know that. I didn't know that. Thank you very much, Chris. I appreciate that. I mean, so, but it's People, important to, to decide. But it's it's more it's important to say, okay, this person's opinion is an opinion, but is it factual? Is it worthwhile? Is it worth your time spending there? I mean, I think. But you have. But that takes discernment. Oh yeah, it does. But I mean, and and frankly, to be honest with you, um, I think it's good to have an opinion. But when my children are, when anybody I love or care for is contemplating things having to do with morals and issues, 
I'm kind of selective as to who I want them to be listening to and whose opinion I want them to be hearing. I don't, I don't necessarily want them to, you know, hear from Jack the Ripper about mm-hmm. the dignity right. of life. Yeah. Okay, so it, the article, I know at least, uh, well... It's eight comments? pages, by the way. Any I just comments? want you to know. Eight pages. Eight. Renee, Renee's got highlighting in red all over. So I'm There's just no highlighting on mine. That's fine. <laughs> so. But just, it, talk, we sort of jumped ahead of what the article actually says to what we think about it. But I'm curious about, well, what, what you do think about any part in some particular, if there's something that struck you in a particular way. And if not, that's fine. <laughs> I think... I think it's very interesting. I, I love the way you go in the article he goes through and he talks about each generation has, has, has said this is going to be the destruction of the future. And, and I really, and that's where I'm coming to the defense of social media to a point. I said, I think we have to embrace it and look at it and try to figure we out how to utilize it. We don't have to embrace it. it. We can use it as a tool, but we well, have to we recognize. It. It's a tool. Well, I guess when I say it's danger. embrace it, I mean recognize it as a, to, as a tool. I mean, understand that it's here. It's going to happen, and it is definitely happening in, in our families' lives. And how do we how do we work with it? How you know? I don't think it's. You, you know, one of the things that um, really struck me about this article is they interviewed um, the young man who founded Google, and and that's kind of where you know the search engine Google. That's oh, that's, yeah, that's the instant great. information. And um, Sergey Brin, one of the founders, said in a Newsweek article in 2004, certainly if you had all the world's information directly attached to your brain or an artificial brain that was smarter than your brain, you'd be better off. Um, that frightens me. Yeah, Morgan, so um, uh, who's the other co-founder of Google? Google it. Bill. Larry Page. <laughs> Larry Page. Larry uh, is more recently advocate talked about the the internet, the cloud being our the 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 third. You know, we have two halves of our brain, the, the quote unquote third half oh, of our scary. brain. Where, okay, but here's the thing. I don't remember. I don't remember if uh, this is the thing. I don't know if uh, Carr says this or not. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is something it's else. Mm-hmm. And we, we are, what are we, are, do we really need more knowledge today or we need more wisdom? I would argue we've got I, plenty, we of knowledge. plenty of knowledge. Plenty of knowledge, yeah. But we've got a dearth of wisdom. And I think that's where I was trying to go with the whole conversation piece is, is when my children are asking about Libya's and right. when my kids are talking about Tom's shoes as to why is that, where right. is that? That's building on the wisdom, right. I believe. I mean, it's also where I advocate putting pen to, pencil, pen to paper and I mm-hmm. give them all journals and I say, yep. go write that down. Yep. Um, my wife says often, it says, how come you remember all this stuff? You know, because family histories, it. because I've written it all right. down. And, and what that does, Kevin, is is um, you're, a, you're a step at the head of the game in parenting because you are encouraging your children to discern what their thoughts are, right. what they believe, how they feel about it, instead of just being inundated with what society believes and what society thinks is the norm. You are encouraging your children to discern through conversation and journal writing and everything and discussion and face debate. to face. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, we're a debating families. Yeah. So, I mean, you are encouraging the contemplation and the discernment. I, the, the, going, given just a few minutes ago or a minute ago, you said something about, I mean, this is, it's here. But that doesn't mean we have to, just because it's here doesn't mean we have to 
Embrace it. Embrace it. Or even, in a sense, use it. I'll give you an example. A, a call, former colleague of ours, uh, Bob, I just talked to him recently, and his oldest just turned 16 last month. And so I was curious if, if she has a cell phone or not, and she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Now, they, they, he said they have friends over and talk, and they do use Facebook to communicate with their friends. But their old, she does not have, the oldest does not have a cell phone. So it's not, and she's surviving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mean, is she driving? I would ask. Uh, well, no, I don't. I don't think she is yet. She just turned sixteen, so I, I don't think she is yet. But that's that's yeah. Well, and then you have me, who you know, um, on my family network, I can't add another phone because all my kids have phones and everything. Right. Except my thirteen-year-old does not have a phone, and he bemoans the fact every time that, every time I get a phone call from the junior high school, he bemoans if I had a phone, I wouldn't have to be calling you from here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, so I mean, I mean, there is. I mean, there. That's why I'm saying embracing it is okay. It's here somewhere along. My kids are gonna. Go on with how do I work with this? How do I? It's got to have its place though in our lives. It can't take over anything. It's I think you know it's the key with everything in life is balance, Mm -hmm. and I think we have to be cautious about letting it take over our lives where that where our lives revolve around the technology instead of using it as a tool. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was I was just thinking, you know that. I, I wonder, and I think about this because I know I know people who I was talking with some kids um, that were limited in their social connectivity, and I found a I did find them I, I found a more a maturity with them too, and I think it is I think you hit they it. Miles is though they weren't Mileses. Yeah, there's a lack of maturity there. <laughs> so, no, but the reality I think I think the reality is I think you tapped it is the difference between knowing and, and mentally and wisdom. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do think that. And I think that's the contemplation that has to happen. And, and, and you give me a new insight on that, that I think needs to be farmed in because, you know, even with the concept, it's, it's even with the debating and everything like that it is sitting back and, and thinking the whole process through mm-hmm. that is a major point of all these articles. Right. Right. Good. So, We've won him over. We have. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to be devil's advocate. But <laughs> so anything, just to, uh, drawing to a close here, any any final words of wisdom that either of you or insight or things that you thought there? Well, I'll just, I just, one thing I wanted to say is that I was very thankful for giving up Facebook for Lent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Why? I had this guy say, um, there, there is a one. It showed me just my addiction level. You know, so we're all, and I, and I believe we're all, you know, addicted people in many ways, yep. and, and we just have we to find those. Vices, yeah, we yeah. all are vices. But it did point out to me my addiction and my need to, my supposed need to always check. Right. And oh, yes. and man, I tell you, it broke me of that. And now you know, now I, I forget to go on now, which yeah. is kind of funny, but. Um, and like I say, then my first taste of it was placed in a, a very profound statement from the Vatican on there, and I get slapped down. By unfriended. It. I, I get unfriended, and I sit there going, you know what? I don't need this. And and that's really that's really something I've really uh, that is the gift of, of your Lent. my Lent. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. it was that was mm-hmm. worth it's the forty days. It's <laughs> still giving. It's one of those you know, interesting. It was. That's why I wanted to make that yeah. point. Thanks, Renee. 
I would say, you know, and I'm going to play devil's advocate here. There have been times where I've been very thankful for the cell phone and the <clears throat> networking um, on the computer just to give me the opportunity to work through some issues with my children. Sure. It, 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 it has been a blessing in certain situations, um, but, ag- but again, my preferred mode of, of communication is face-to-face. Thanks, guys. Uh, we'll wrap it up, and next week, Father Andrew will be back. So if you've made it this long, some 40 minutes in, don't worry. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another, another episode of Prayer Room Companion. <laughs>